Hello, I'm Amy Stevenson, and this is The Human CEO. In each episode, we'll be meeting with CEOs and senior leaders to understand their approach to leadership, the challenges they faced, and how they overcame them. We'll also be asking what they feel it takes to be a great leader. You just assume that there's this lot magic chemistry or magic brainstorming that's needed to be able to go and work for yourself. And, you know, when you actually dip your toes in the hot water, you soon find out that it's not just one big massive learning curve. You put one foot in front of the other every single day. And and if you have the determination and the right work effort, you will find a way in the end. Welcome to The Human CEO. I'm your host, Amy Stevenson, and today I'm joined by Danny Boyle. Danny's the founder and CEO of Platinum Wave Campers, a leading camper van conversion company in the UK. With countless years in the commercial vehicle industry, Danny started at Platinum Wave Campers because of his love of travel and building bespoke vehicles. Danny joins us today to share his insight as a leader and a human CEO. Thank you for joining us today, Danny. It's great to have you with us. No problem at all. Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to speaking with you. So can you tell us a little bit about your organisation, please, and what you do and what you're working towards? Yes, yes. Um, I founded the company uh, just under five years ago. Um, it's currently called Platinum Wave Campers, which is um, a luxury camper van manufacturing company. Um, we're currently going through a complete company rebrand uh, and will be a rename. So we call Platinum Wave Automotive as there are more disciplines and um, different types of vehicles that we shall be manufacturing. We've been retailing them for four, about four and a half years, but the long term plan is, is to move into wholesale and just um, manufacturing it in its entirety. Uh, retailing the vehicles through approved dealers up and down the UK. Um, what we're trying to achieve is predominantly the Volkswagen brand but we're trying to build like a high performance luxury version of of what Volkswagen already do so um that will be the transporter the caddy maxi the combi van um the Volkswagen crafter and obviously mm-hmm. we you know we're starting to move into more trick vehicles like the ID Buzz etc etc so that's what we yeah. hope to do. and we hope to build our first um four and a half ton Volkswagen motorhome um, at the end of next year to compete with all of the, the current models that are out there. So Amazing. lots of exciting stuff, lots of exciting yep. projects. Um, it's a million miles an hour. Uh, yeah. Most, and we're just yep. glad, glad to get uh, to see a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel regarding supply chains and stuff after, mm-hmm. after a tricky two and a half, three years. Yeah, I bet. I bet. That, that's my next question, actually. In terms of being a leader in that kind of organisation, what are the challenges that you're up against currently? Um, recruitment was one. Um, supply of vehicles um, was another. So we were, you know, we spent upwards of like half a million pound on marketing last year, mm-hmm. probably 350k the year before. And yeah. we'd spent that in the months running up to the vans turning up. So we'd have demonstration models. We do a custom build service where customers can completely build them from scratch themselves. And they would be ordering the vehicles through our stock list. And then at the very, very last minute, it would be, no, that's cancelled. That isn't coming. So I think we ordered, I think we turned over, I think it was 12 million last year or something like that. Um, and that was based on 220 retail units. We actually ordered 430 brand new ones. And okay. uh, it's normally like a, you know, um, 75% new, 25% used vehicle makeup. Um, mm-hmm. 85% of our new vehicles didn't turn up. So out of, out of uh, 430, I think it was, I think we got about 90. Okay. Um, yes, and obviously we'd already spent the money in the marketing and the build-up. Yeah. 
leave them sales. So then the market, I mean, don't get me wrong, it hasn't all gone to waste. You have brand awareness and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. We try and market ourselves as a very customer-centric company. Yeah. So having to disappoint people, you know, it's not ideal, but it's completely out of our hands. And all the customers really understood because they knew, you know, yeah. the, the problems with the semiconductors affected the automotive industry from top to bottom um, all the way through. Mm -hmm. A lot of them kind of preempted it. Like the, you know, a large portion of the customers knew the phone call was coming. So Right. But I suppose at that kind of level as well, that's kind of interrupted resource planning as well for your people. If you've got the people ready to be on the tools and there's nothing to... Yeah, I mean, well, what we did was we just bought more vehicles. Obviously, the profit margin, because of the scarcity of the vehicles, what happened was mm -hmm. the price of the used ones went through the roof. Uh -huh. So therefore... Uh, our margins completely shrunk, but we know what our long-term plan is. We're going to stick to it, and it was more important to to um, make sure all the lads were kept busy, and we were still offering, you know, great value for money. And as long as we, our attitude was, even if we break even at the end of the year, it's about you know uh, working on that brand, spending the money on marketing, research, yeah. about whatever we can. And if we just, I mean, we still managed to make a six figure profit one into six figures but no i think it was about 75 percent less than we forecasted we made last okay. year um, and it was 60 percent than we earned less than what we earned the year before so but it, right. look, there's a lot of people that lost their companies that went mm -hmm. on. Um, so you just uh, rather than look at it from a negative capacity you just, yeah yeah just be grateful, be yeah. grateful. Uh, in times of situations like that that you're that you still have a business um <laughs> and that you all you're all singing from the same hymn sheet, driving in the same direction. And yeah, when you think sometimes things are a little bit tough, you just got to remember that um, there's a lot worse off out there, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and in terms of the recruitment challenges then, is that about finding the people that have got the skills that you need? Or is that about volumes of people? Is it just finding them in general? Yeah, so basically, compared to a lot of other companies in our industry, it's um, surprisingly competitive, the PW campervan industry. Mm -hmm. We're trying to plan over 10 years, like I've said before, to try and mm -hmm. build this high-performance Volkswagen version of, of, of what's out there now. Um, and we we were looking to get the right staff. I know who we need. We identified the types of people we need and the types yeah. of skills they're going to have to have. So we we had to use recruitment companies. Um, mm -hmm. Everything we did organically off our own back just fell on deaf ears, regardless of how we approached it. We tried numerous different avenues, but... We started to feel that our research development, it, it, it started to fall back in time. So we realised that we had to put a bit of urgency behind it and, you know, go mm -hmm. to recruiters. And we were quite lucky that, um, yeah, we, we found a recruitment consultant that that, that found uh, the marketing, senior marketing manager that we so desperately needed. Mm -hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong, I, I've, I've learned a hell of a lot over the past four years. Marketing was one of my main responsibilities throughout uh, the past four years, but I, I, I could just see how it was measured, uh, tested and measured and stuff like that. It just needed someone who had more time and more experience to be able to really reap the benefits of, of the amount of money we're spending. Mm -hmm. I'm happy to hold my hands up. It was very much, uh, you know, let's let's try and shower these problems down with money. And it, it's marketing's the most important aspect of, and it obviously it, a great workforce and stuff like that but if, if if you don't have the marketing you don't have the sales yeah there ain't nothing there to build so the pinnacle of it all for in my personal opinion is you got to make sure you your marketing absolutely on point and you're constantly yeah. at the game at all times yeah yeah and, and in terms of you and your leadership career then was it always were you always going to lead your own company was that was that always the plan i, I always thought that i would one day but i, I was a 
I was a very late bloomer, so I, I was actually a scaffolder until I was 32, 33. Um, I always batted. I just lacked in confidence. I never had that uh, father figure, family figure, or, or friend that, that I'd ever did it. So I, I always just assumed, like most people do that come from a background like mine, that you just assume that, this, that there's this lot magic chemistry or magic brainstorming that's needed to be able to go and work for yourself and you know when you actually dip your toes in the hot water you soon find out that it's not it's just one big massive learning curve you put one foot in front of the other every single day and you know you learn from your failures try and fail as many times as you can take all them uh, learnings on board and you just grow as a businessman as an entrepreneur as a person and if you have the determination and the right work effort you will find a way in the end yeah, definitely. definitely. Good for you. Good for you. What was the catalyst then? Was it just an opportunity to get started or how did it happen? Yeah, I mean, I always loved the look of them. I actually started selling mm-hmm. commercial vehicles beforehand. Okay. Um, just selling like vans, pickups, tippers and stuff like that. And I I, I always um, loved the look of the VW camper vans. And then I actually, yeah. one, of the, one of the avenues where I got uh, my stop from, like from part exchanges and stuff from other bigger retailers in the commercial industry. And they come across one and they said, would I be interested? I said, yeah, not. I took pictures of it just outside their site uh, and I sold it in 15 minutes or something, 20 minutes. It was sold on the phone. I put it on auto trader while I was there via my mobile phone and the phone just blew up. It just blew <laughs> up. Um, yeah, so I, and I just knew from the amount of phone calls I got from previous vehicles that I had for sale that something a little bit special about this line of vehicles. So I just spent a little bit of time going home, got the laptop out at night and I'd, I'd just go through stuff and then I would go onto the Facebook forums and stuff like that and I would just pretend to be uh, a customer about to buy one uh, and I would just ask everyone on the forums what's the most important things when it comes to resale, uh, residual values, uh, practicality, value for money and some of the forums have got like 30,000, 40,000 people on mm-hmm. and I just kept asking similar questions and I broke it down in, and then I just went from there really. I just worked out what was what and what I needed to do, what vehicles I needed to buy what sort of specifications they needed to have. And I just, just literally kept cracking on learning with that. And then, yes, that's navigate my way through. We used external contractors at the start to kit out the vans. Mm-hmm. And then it pretty soon become apparent that we had to uh, be in charge of our own destiny. Um, I wouldn't say it's season. It's kind of seasonal. The very end of November, December, start of Jan, it can be a little bit sticky, but all the rest of the time, you know, that there's people are out looking, searching, hunting. Again, as long as your marketing's bang on, then it's yeah. not too seasonal. But for a lot of people, they just really ramp up in the summer. And then as soon as September hits, they really ramp down. So yeah. when they're, when these external contractors are making commitments to you, um, they'll sell you the world, sell you the dream, September through to March, but then come come the summertime when they believe everybody wants them, um, you you get put to the back of the queue. And there was just three or four strained relationships with contractors. And in the end, I just thought, we're going to have to move this in-house. And yeah. we, we started off, I think, with uh, there's three of us. Now I think there's 29, I think, something like that. Um, Good for you. Yeah, I, I mean, that. again, going back to the COVID thing, that was, a, you know, our projections and our forecast now, we probably should have been 55, 60 strong by now. But um, if if you don't make the money, you can't make the investments, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it just wasn't there. So, um, yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah. We'll, we'll, yeah. Continue with the um, hockey stick trajectory, as they call it. <laughs> 
But yeah, yeah, fingers crossed, fingers crossed. Great story, great story. And you mentioned the learning, so you, it sounds like you just got stuck in and learned and learned and learned and learned. But there yeah. must have been, and there certainly has been in my leadership career, but there must be a blooper reel. Are there any mistakes that you're happy to share with us that you've learned the most from? Yeah, um, cash flow wise, really, just learning to be uh, calculated with your risks and not being reckless was, was mm-hmm. probably the most most important one. I, I, I just used to keep going hammer and tongue, and then I find myself some nights having to wait for customers till half seven, half eight at night to turn up. They'd be leading you on for three or four hours, and I had no choice because I put all my eggs in one basket. I yeah. didn't test and measure stuff in terms of cash flow, and if they didn't come out, I had huge, huge headaches Monday, Tuesday morning, and stuff like. I know that they're, they're quite expensive units, so that would be mm-hmm. the case anyway. Um, but yeah, you know, you just learn to buy yourself time, uh, breathing space, to be able mm-hmm. to make proper decisions, so you're not, you know, jumping in with two feet, being rash. And yeah. uh, taking silly risks to the point where, like I said, reckless. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. There was some very, very hairy moments early on, which, which, a lot of stress that was completely needless. But like you say, yeah, you got to learn these. As, yeah. As along. Yeah. And and in terms of leadership skills and characteristics, then how would you define a great leader in your industry? What would you say is, is required to be a good leader? I think our industry is still playing catch up with a lot of the more modern ones uh, in terms of generational progression. So if you look at people like Jim Shark and Ben Francis and people like that, you mm-hmm. know, some of the things that he's doing and, and has done is absolutely phenomenal. Um, obviously, w- when you're going for the younger set of workers, they're a different generation, they've got different temperaments, they're different people. You've just got to give and do things um, for different... You've just got to treat people differently and be able to know that, you know, that person that needs an arm around them. Work out what motivates and inspires the people to get the most out of them and don't don't try and go for a one rule fits all cracking the whip type of old school mentality i, I think them days are completely gone just yeah, gone. yeah um learn to trust your employees let them know that they can trust you and try and make the place of work a happy different place to be do you know what i mean like i want them coming in uh, radio blaring music they're dancing they're smiling you know on the way yeah. in the same on the way out and most of them pay them pay them yeah. money like you still astounding the amount of people that have like who are in charge of people that are flying around in hundred, two hundred thousand pound cars and stuff like that, and they're you know rubbing their employees' nose in it. I mean, I did it at the start, but I soon knew, like within a short matter of time, I, I sold my car. I got rid of it. I thought it ain't. It's just it's it's not on. It ain't it ain't the way. You can't sell them one story and sell them one dream. Yeah, yeah. Just like pay them, look after them, make sure. Yeah. That they- and he reach out to them all the time. That that's the you know, um, I mean we do do that the nights out with with um, all the guys and girls at work and the team mm-hmm. building stuff and that. But they don't just want bowling and pizzas. Yeah. And give, give them their own money and let them go and spend on what they want. Yeah, I mean? yeah like yeah. everybody again, everybody's different. Mm-hmm. Someone might mm-hmm. want to go for a walk around, you know, at the lakes in up in Lake Windermere. Some might want to go to Ibiza for the weekend. Just treat everyone as an individual. Um, yeah. And just make sure you look out for them because now more than ever, a decent work team is hard to come by. Yeah, your people are like the term boss. Most of the time. Uh, I can't stand the term boss. I hate mm-hmm. the term gaffer. I, yeah. I, I, don't, I, I tell them I don't want to win. We're all a part of the same team. I know it's a bit of a cliche, but if, if I don't turn up at work, like I've said to the lads and the girls before at work, if I don't turn up at work for a week, nothing really changes. Not a lot, really. If I don't turn up for a month, nothing more change. But 
if the lad's sweeping up like the trainee or whatever he might, if he don't turn up, then jobs aren't done mm -hmm. on that Monday. The job ain't done Monday, the late things Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and before you know your cash flow is affected, that affects you immediately. Yeah. You have to make sure that, that they, you know, they are uh, proud in their job, proud in their role. They do it with their chest out, chin up, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. um, they love what they do. Yeah, absolutely. And does that leadership style, does that come from somewhere? Is that influenced by a piece of advice or a figure in your past? Or where's that come yeah, from? Yeah, I, I, I hated my job. I, I, okay. I, hate, I hated scaffolding. Um, yeah. I, I, I turned up every day and I worked as hard as I could, but mm -hmm. I wasn't a good scaffolder. And the reason why I wasn't a good scaffolder is because I, I, I couldn't stand it. And, like, and I, I just could not learn what I needed to learn because my brain just wouldn't let it happen because I, I, I detested it that much. So I made sure I had the discipline to turn up every day uh, mm -hmm. and work really hard because I needed the money. I, I knew yeah. I needed the money to go and try new things and stuff like that. So, um, and I, I just, the thought of going to a job every day that you don't like uh, yeah. for, for an old, like you say, scaffolding is a bit of an old school industry, a lot of whip cracking type stuff and okay. shouting screaming and it was just yeah it wasn't a very nice environment to work in so I know that that's the last thing that i'd ever want for anyone that works in my team um, yeah or, or it. yeah and they all know at the end of the day you know there's there's lots of talk now about uh, distributing shares from the mm -hmm. company uh, amongst all the employees and know that if they work hard they don't need to go anywhere else um they might not even need to go on their own it, it all depends how big their dreams and ambitions are but mm -hmm. they also know that if they do want to go on their own, then they just got to give me a call and I'll help them go and achieve whatever they want. Amazing. Amazing. And and so is there advice if, if one of your team or hopefully not, but if someone was going to go out on their own and they were looking to develop a career in leadership, is there a piece of advice that you would offer them? Is there sort of a, if I knew then what I know now moment? In terms of leadership, yeah, you've got to really dust up on your people skills you got to make sure that there are a lot of people that can talk the talk out there that can waste a hell of a lot of your time. Yeah. So make sure you, 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 you don't just give any Tom, Dick and Harry a chance. Make sure all your hires, I know they say, what is it? Hire slowly, fire quickly. But I think them sort of situations can be avoided if you just take a bit more time working out um, who you want to go after, who you want to assist you. I think it's really important that you have a little bit of money behind you so you can make a lot more slower, calculated decisions. Mm -hmm. um, they will, again, jumping in both feet first. And that it, it I, I wouldn't recommend that for anybody. It, mm -hmm. I, I, I was quite lucky that it worked for me that way, but um, I learned very, very quickly that if I did it again, I certainly wouldn't be. As I said. But yeah, I mean, I've, I've always liked, liked the older school leaders, although they have habits and they have a an outlook that just wouldn't be dated now it, it, it helped me in terms of discipline in terms of getting my own ship in order mm -hmm. how i then distribute my education and how i run my business is separate but just because their qualities you perceive wouldn't work now within a working environment don't mean that they won't work for you as a person in your yeah own i get that so, yeah. yeah 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 so i i i love a lot of the really old school really hardcore like your damn penures um okay. and people like that obviously damn penure type company wouldn't last 10 minutes in the world of 2020 but it, it certainly helped me get myself in check and, and yeah yeah and make sure that i achieve my goals so yeah good for you good for you i'm the same david goggins is is a, a oh, yeah just I, hard I, just love it yeah and run for a yeah. type. yeah sometimes it, it, again I, I think it is very generational 
Um, but, you know, I think if, if you could take a lot of the aspects of an old school mindset and disciplines and stuff like that, and you you brought them with you into 2022, there are a lot of the skill sets of the latest generation that, that the older school in terms of technology and stuff like that, they just don't have. But if you can have that sort of mindset, I think it would be hugely uh, advantageous to anybody that's starting up a business in 2022 because, mm. you know, whether people like it or not, it, it's just the truth. There are a lot of people that just can't be asked. There are a lot of people going into um, further education because they can't be bothered to go to work, don't want to set up a business, don't want to, you know, they, they, they just can't be bothered. So, so, you know, it's a great, if you're really motivated, you really want to work hard and you really want to put the hours in, although... I'd say the average person is potentially a bit softer now uh, and and don't really want to do it. It means it's, it's a fantastic opportunity for anyone that does have that work ethic to... There's that old saying, isn't it? You know, when your competitors all slam on the brakes, it's the best time to hit the accelerator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To create that gap between yourselves. Um, yeah. Really, really give yourself a head start. So th- there's a lot of negative media, you know, in the, in the mainstream news and all that about... You, 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 just, you just got to get up, crack on, and work as hard as you can. It's the same philosophy yeah. for a hundred years, and yeah, that, yeah, yeah. And that can't change. No, change. no. I think you're right. I'd not thought of it from that 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 leadership perspective in terms of. I always ask the question: Is there a leader, past or present, famous or otherwise that you particularly admire? And I'd not thought yeah. of it from that distinction between how you would run your business and lead your team versus how you talk to yourself. So I would never swear at my team the way that David Goggins swears at himself. And the way yeah. that I sometimes talk to myself when I need to talk into when you need to, you know, drop your shoulder and crack on, as we say. But I'd never thought of it as as two different types of influence. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I know that I'm an um, odd person. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I, I know that I am quite unique for all its good sides and bad sides. Um, so I just, I try and separate what, what works on myself and my own personal mm-hmm. development. I just try and take the time to look at uh, everybody in the team and really... Uh, get to know them and understand what their strengths and weaknesses are yeah. and then you know um, work together but I find that if you give people the responsibility and you know a lot like you, you know tell some of the lads you know stand up put your mm-hmm. chest over your whether you're sweeping up whether you're cleaning the toilet you know yeah. without you the rest of the jobs wouldn't get done yeah, so absolutely. yeah just you know try and reassure them that their role is important that we need them there make them feel part of the team yeah um, and yeah pay them just yeah. <laughs> Yeah, give them, you know, I, I mean, I understand that some businesses wouldn't operate if they couldn't exercise minimum wage rules and stuff like that. But I think in the vast, vast majority of companies, there's always, always more money to be able to give an answer to employees. Always, always. I'm a massive believer. I read that book, The Secret, a long time ago. It's the way the universe works. You know, dish out as much positivity as you can, as much kindness as you can. And, and I think it will... It reflects in the amount of output that goes into working. You know, it, it yeah. 100 reflects. So yeah, that's that's what we've done up till now, and it's, it, it it seems to have worked for us anyway. Absolutely, absolutely. And so you've in part answered my next question in terms of are there books or podcasts or something that you've consumed that's influenced you and your leadership style? Yeah, I, I, I try and um, look out for people who have been on the same sort of journey as me. Um, mm-hmm. I've said this a couple of times, but the, I'd say the 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 book that I um, the audio book, I should say. Um, yeah. I resonate the most with would probably be uh, Oliver Cookson's Bootstrap Your Life. Okay. Uh, Oliver was uh, from a single parent family in a flat in Manchester, Stockport rather, Stockport mm-hmm. outside Manchester, uh, Great yeah. Manchester. And he started off a company called My Protein. Um, 
he, he, he ended up being one of the biggest one of the biggest protein brands in Europe, if not, I think it might have been the world. He sold it to a company called the Hook Group, and I think he exited in about eight, nine years for about three hundred and thirty million. But wow. his his, um, his uh, audio book is a fantastic, fantastic journey regarding uh, resilience. There's so much useful takeaways in there. Um, and anyone, yeah, that hasn't that hasn't listened to it should should definitely listen to it. I think Oliver had, I think Oliver had that diluted approach as well. I think he weren't quite old school. Um, okay. And 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 you know he was a a great mix of the both. Understood people, hiring staff, knew yeah. what he had to do when he had to do it. And in that audio book, it tells you exactly what you need to be looking for. That's the beauty of today with all the technology, uh, you know, and all the the podcast, the YouTube, the online stuff. It, it's all free and it's, it's mm-hmm. there's so much information now that you can learn. The dangers of social media though is again, you need to take time and look at the people that you're following. Uh, uh-huh. It's, it's, there's a lot of smokes and mirrors and stuff like that. You need to make sure that the people that you're following are in the field that you want to go into, but they have genuinely been successful in that field. Yeah. yeah Not yeah. just blotting out motivational junk uh, every morning that, there's a very, very good chance that they've copied from someone else, copy and pasted, co- scripted through on the phone, and they've said it because they know it gets massive traction. Just mm-hmm. do a little bit of homework into who exactly you're following. Um, like I'm, I'm, uh, Alex Hormozy, I'm a massive yes, fan of amazing. Him yeah, and his wife. Yeah. His wife's yeah, incredible yes, as yes, well. Yes, yes, yes. Mm. His, his book, um, $100 million offers, is another fantastic one. That's on my desk. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's fantastic. And there's there's a chap that I take it. Um, there's a chap called Phil Graham. Uh, he's the uh, fitness entrepreneur. He's from Northern Ireland. He's based. Uh, mm-hmm. He's actually a friend of mine now. Um, I met him through a uh, mutual friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's so much, so much. That's the thing that, that there's so much free stuff now. Um, yeah. To take your first two, three, four, five. You don't have to go out and spend ten, fifteen grand on some of these courses. It's mm-hmm. all the basics to scale up to seven figures is right there in front of you. You just need to be really careful who, who you're following and make yeah. sure that they're genuine. Make sure yeah. there's people, there's thousands of people on Instagram now that have never hit seven figures in their life that have got 3 million followers. Yeah. And then, yeah. It's purely, um, vanity the reality, metrics. Yeah. The reality TV type. And then there's people on there like Oliver, for example, He's, he's scaled businesses to nearly half a billion pound and he's got 12,000 followers. Yeah. I think Instagram's, there's that many platforms now. I think Instagram's probably the one that are in, in terms of uh, educating yourself. I think you just need to pop onto places like LinkedIn. Um, successful people surround themselves with other successful people so don't take long before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when, when two or three successful people start speaking to each other, they're kind of um, subconsciously uh, endorsing them. Uh, in my eyes, so therefore they're confirming what you need to know. Just mm-hmm. make sure, yeah, just always take your time before you make decisions. Mm-hmm. Uh, who you follow, what you're buying, what you're selling, who your audience is, how you're going to match. It's always who you're going to hire. Don't just jump in with two feet. Always try and take your time. Um, and there's again, when you follow these people, they'll tell you exactly what you need to do. That's why I've, I found it a little bit exhausting at times, but it, the more time you spend listening to people that have already done it, there's so much free stuff. So yeah. much free stuff. Yeah amazing but i don't think people believe it I, uh, I genuinely don't think people believe how much of this stuff is just so true it's, there's a lot of stuff mm-hmm. a hell of a lot of stuff but it's just loads and loads of little things and if you organize them right and you arrange them right and you execute them which is yeah. one of the most 
important things talking about it or telling your mates about it is is it's completely pointless it's when you actually take action and start executing all the points that these guys tell you and girls mm-hmm. um start start um telling you what to do then you know it's it's it's, it's quite straightforward yeah yeah it is, it's all about the execution. And I've been astounded. Like, humans going to be 10 at the end of this month. And yeah. over the course of those 10 years, I met some incredible people that are just really generous with the time, really generous with their advice. And it's that abundance mindset, isn't it? The successful people tend to that's why help I think, people. Yeah, that's why I think there's a completely distorted view. And it's, it's, it's so wrong of people when they come from the poor backgrounds, like their perception of successful people is completely the opposite. Mm-hmm. You've got less chance of getting robbed or had or taken advantage of by someone who's successful because all the habits, the trust and stuff that you need as as you get, as you progress, so much more better off in their company. You know, but They're not the people that you're told they are as a kid. The people that you actually want to stay away from are the people that you actually surround yourself with for the first 20, the vast majority of them. Because as soon as you start to taste success a little bit, or you start to have a little bit of uh, good fortune in business or, or anything like that, then mm-hmm. then you start to see the people around you are actually the ones that are holding you back. Like some of the in the past couple of years, some of the people that are perceived as friends and stuff like that. It's mad as soon as you start to have a little bit of success, you can't have the opinions that you used to have, you can't say the things that you used to say, okay. you can't be around certain people because mm-hmm. they receive it on a completely different wavelength from what their reactions are. Who does he think he is? If you can't say right. that, oh, he thinks that because of that. He did. And yeah, you get a lot of, but you soon find out, you soon find out. But then when you move in different circles, you realise the people that you're playing around with, mm-hmm. their opinions when you when you say the same thing you used to have. And the more successful people, you start to find out why successful people are successful. It's yeah. it's all it's all positivity. It's all mindset. strong mindset. Yeah, it's all, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a shame that that's the experience, isn't it? But I think it's, your story is not. I mean, uncommon. don't get me wrong. I mean, look, there are some that 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 when you first start to taste a bit of success, I wouldn't say they don't like it. I say they find it unsettling. Mm-hmm. Um, and your true friends, like you'll find a way to get over it. But the people that yeah. find it a bit awkward, yeah, yeah. then you have people that that are just overjoyed for you all the time. Um, but then you have the people um, that are probably shaking your hand and smiling at you. But secretly, deep down, they want you to fail. They can't mm-hmm. wait to fail, and they'll celebrate it the second that you do. So you just again, because I think that you 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 can't completely leave all your friends behind. I think it's really mm-hmm. important to keep yourself grounded and stuff that you still stay in touch mm-hmm. with them. And the ones that you want to try and find common ground with, that you do try and do that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. That you, you can have a bit, a, a bit too much of a hardcore um, a mindset. Well. You know what? I'd rather not have him in my life. Rather not do. You cut too many people off. Um, I don't. I don't personally uh, think it's healthy. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Mental state. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's it's not very nice, but it's it's part and parcel. Um, you learn to realise that you can't have it all. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe you can. <laughs> not all at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Perhaps. perhaps. <laughs> and- and so over the next six, nine, 12 months, you started off telling us a little bit about the, the change in yep. the business name and the, the change in the business. But what's going to be happening over the next six, nine, 12 months that you can share with us? Um, senior management um, infrastructure should be completed. So we'll have our um, senior management team in place to execute all of the forecasts that we set for ourselves 
pre-COVID, so we've kept mm-hmm. an eye on it, we've kept pushing forward, we've kept making sure that we're earning money to make sure the company's in a healthy state financially um, and in terms of the workforce and stuff. So you should start seeing um, every three to six months um, new products come out, uh, different nice. range of products, and yep. then we upgrade them products every time um, that Volkswagen brings out a new model or, or, mm-hmm. or, or stuff like that. Um, but yeah, but then once that in place, uh, look at different fields and stuff like that. Um, there's, there's there's loads and loads and loads going on. Uh, brand new website, um, brand new company rebranding, a state of the art configurator um, to build the vehicles on. It, the list is absolutely endless. It's endless. Mm-hmm. Good yeah. for you. Good yeah, for you. Yeah, really, well. really look forward to it. I can't wait. I hope to move into um, our manufacturing facility and our retail facility. Our, mm-hmm. our sites for the reason i said earlier eventually yeah. we'd like to take the retail away mm-hmm. so yeah a brand new uh, big state-of-the-art manufacturing facility i'd like to think at the end of next year yeah. um at least get the land secured for it and be able to build it from scratch worst case because obviously manufacturing facilities uh in the west midlands warehouse units um industrial spaces is extremely hard to come by yeah yeah, yeah, I can, I can imagine, but I wish you well with it because it sounds like you've had some great success already. Yeah, yeah, well, we, yeah, we have. Well, we're, we're, we're trying every day, we don't take it for granted, that's for sure. Um, yeah. so but it's something you just got to stick at and and um, fingers crossed, absolutely, absolutely. Well, thank you for making the time to speak with me because I really enjoyed speaking with you. It's been a really good conversation, so thank you, thank you for, for having the time. Yes. yes.